Hello, hello, and welcome to, oh my goodness, it is episode 10 of Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. Hey, Randy Cash, over hey. there. <laughs> hey. That's still like our subtitle. Ten. Episode yeah, 10. Can you believe it? 10. I know. I mean, I realize on some level, I've been talking about doing it for like a year. Right. So, hey, better late than never, right? That's that whole progress, not perfection that I'm always talking about. Well, you started and you're continuing on. So Exactly. Consistency is yeah. the key. You um, made it 10. We did, and, which I'm not sure if we've gotten more since last I checked, but we have four five-star reviews. Nice. And one really awesome comment. Nice. Did you know that I am known for calling people out on their shit? That's what I heard. <laughs> I don't know if I really call you out on your stuff. You though. absolutely do this. Why do I? I love you do so I much. call absolutely you on your in stuff? in a very polite, respectful way. Yeah, I'm just like, Mostly okay, Mostly no. it's something to the along the lines of like, now do you really think that's good? <laughs> Well, you might could try. You might could try. Yes. So see, that's the whole thing, the whole might coulds. So apparently I say might could, might should, and might would, like all the time. It's funny because everybody from different parts of the country, they uh-huh. have their own figures of speech and yep. things around here. It's like y'all. Right. Oh, I yins, say y'all, yins, too. Yins. What's that? It's the equivalent of y'all. And what's it? Yins? Yins. What Yins doing? Oh. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. It's it never made sense to me, dude. But <laughs> well, so I have the might could, the might should, and the might would. I'm fixing to. I fixing to do everything. I love that. Yeah, I fixing, I fixing, fixing, fixing. Um, and then yeah, I say the y'all. But I've been in St. Louis now since I guess late 2014, and the accent. No, not 2014. What the heck is wrong with me? 2004. Um, and I was going to try to say like more than 14 or 15 years and it just all ran together. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah but awful. no, it's been a long time and the accent doesn't seem to have like left. No. It's still there. That's Although, good though. Although when I go home to Louisiana to see people, they always laugh because they're like, you don't sound as much Southern as you used to. But then when I come back, I sound more Southern than when I left. It's a whole thing. That tends to happen. Do you say <laughs> Hoosier yet? You've been in St. Louis long enough no, to use the that. term Hoosier. No. I don't really. Because you're nice. You don't use... <laughs> You don't call people names like I do. I do and, not. And the rest of us do. And the rest of us. Listen Seriously. Yeah. We do. Yep. Anyway. Well, I just took it as a really nice compliment that somebody it said, is. hey, you know, you're not this stuck up person, but yet you will call me out on my shit if I need mm-hmm. to be. And that I do it in a nice way. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. That's the whole purpose of this therapy felt stuff is to give people little consumable bits of therapeutic type information that they can then maybe apply to their lives or at least give them some perspective or a way to shift how they think about things or maybe just to learn how to further um, sort of develop their mindset or even be able to have some perspective that allows them to think about things differently than they've already been thinking about them. I've been meaning to ask you, so I'm just going to ask you now, because when I try to share stuff, for your podcast, I don't, I'm not good about that, and we've talked about that off yeah, the air, so and you're good. helping me with that, and I greatly appreciate it. So, but I, I wonder sometimes, I want to say, is this is like a semi-self-help podcast? Is this yeah. a self-help podcast? I would think that's you how you think classify so? it. Or do you when have I've, a classification that Well, you when I've tried to classify it, like on the podcasting sites, generally it falls under like health and wellness or lifestyle things, or one of them has it classified under a health sciences, so it's considered a science podcast, mm-hmm. which I don't think that's correct. But yeah, self-help is probably a good way to think about it. 
Infotainment. Info. Well, yeah, because I'm hoping it is entertaining. In fact, we had a question come in um, in relation to the episode we did on staying friends with your exes. Um, oh, really? I know that's been a few weeks ago, but yes, yeah, somebody uh, reached out was like, I listened to all of your episodes. You and Randy cracked me up. But I wonder, and this is the question, I wonder if it's possible to stay friends with every ex no matter the circumstances. Or what if the relationship I was in had a lot of real negative, almost like emotionally abusive things that were sort of going on is it possible in those cases to actually heal enough that you can stay friends or maintain a friendship with that individual i don't know i guess it would depend on the person and the circumstance i personally am very petty and um (laughs) you would not do that i'm not opposed to it but there are some circumstances that have uh gone pretty deep i guess and i'm over it and everything but i haven't forgotten about it and yeah. it's not the and also there a person or two that just aren't very nice and it's not somebody right. that I would really want to be friends with. Yeah, I totally get that and I think that's sort of the delineating factor, right? That if it's someone that you really truly feel like you have maybe a shared connection or you have a shared understanding of, you know, maybe we weren't compatible as relationship partners, but yet you mean a lot to me, and, and I want to maintain this connection. I think the other big key, and the way I answered the question for the person, which I figured, you know, maybe it would be better to just address it in like a big, mm-hmm. you know, larger audience, but the way I said it was that if both people are able to own their shit and basically mm-hmm. say, you know what, I, I messed up. I did X, Y, and Z, and I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe I hurt you, and I didn't mean to, but I recognize the fact that my actions created hurt. And so I'm going to own that, and I'm going to apologize for it, and I'm going to let it be something that I can, you know, absolutely take on as that's mine Mm -hmm. to, you know, to deal with, so to speak. And I think if both people are able to do that in a real, authentic, and, you know, kind of truthful, honest way, Mm -hmm. then it might be a possibility to still maintain a connection with someone. But if we're talking about something that goes to the extent of actual emotional abuse or emotional exploitation where one person kind of holds power over another or everything that they do is based on, well, what can I get out of it? Or I'm going to exploit you to, you know, take all your money or Mm -hmm. make sure that anytime we do anything, it's what I want to do, not what you want to do. And sort of puts you in this place where you feel like you're always the one that's like down a peg. I'm not sure if it's possible to completely bridge that gap mm-hmm. without the person who's kind of doing the emotional abusing having a major, like, for lack of a better term, come to Jesus moment, you know, right. and I don't mean that religiously. I mean that more in a, like, they wake up and mm-hmm. get some help and are able to really see the implications of their actions. Mm-hmm. I wish that I could say just across the board, I think when anybody breaks up, they go, oh, we'll still be friends. Mm. But I'm not sure how much of that is really meant from a we're going to be best friends. You know, I think a lot of it might be, yeah, we're acquaintances. I don't really want anything bad to happen to the person. If they really needed me, I'd be there for them. But in terms of talking every day or having a, you know, a real shared interaction, that may not be a possibility. A lot of people, I believe, have difficulty admitting that they're wrong. Yeah. And that is a big part of owning your shit is sometimes <laughs> men admitting you're wrong and understanding and accepting that you're wrong. I would agree. uh, And I think it's one of those things, even if you're, you know, I hear a lot of people in my office when I work with clients or, you know, couples sometimes that go, well, I didn't mean it that way. That's just how they took it. Okay, mm -hmm. well, and it may be that you didn't mean it that way. But if that 
whatever, created a, a negative reaction or a negative response in your partner or in your ex-partner, if we're talking about ex-situations, then you do have to be able to at least look at it. You know, I, I try to get people to remember that relationships can actually be a mirror if we let them. So mm-hmm. rather than just being hurt and reactionary to everything that happens, if we actually use it as a mirror, it can be a reflection piece where if we are able to like see, well, what's reflecting back on me? What is that showing me about my own stuff? Am I noticing some areas where I'm really hurt or wounded? Or maybe I have some old baggage that I'm bringing into the dynamic. Or maybe I'm just learning some ways that I do or don't work really well in a relationship. That's a hard thing to do to turn that mm-hmm. mirror on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm included in that. I mean, yeah, I sit on one side of the couch and I help people all the time look in that mirror, but I also have to be willing to look in that mirror. Mm-hmm. And that's a big piece of me. What were you going to say? That That's hard, man, looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing everything. And yeah. Accepting, even if it's bad stuff, just uh-huh. accepting it and figuring out how to address it is yeah. a good start. But it's it's hard to look at yourself like that. So if you want to think about it like this, like first we have to be real, right? We Mm -hmm. have to get very real with ourselves about what it is that we're doing, who we are, and how we're showing up in the world. What what elements of us are activated and how those things kind of translate into actions and behaviors with all of the people that we interact with. Once we can do that, it's not to say that just because we own it that magically, you know, makes it all better, but we start to figure out, like, how can I give myself levels of compassion? How can I develop some self-compassion to recognize that maybe I have some hurt parts that need to kind of heal or learn how to interact with the world differently? But it starts by not being so at odds with ourselves, And I would kind of argue that a good majority of the population is very at odds with themselves. Like they Mm -hmm. fight against themselves more than they do go with the flow. And that that's kind of problematic. So if you want to imagine like self-compassion leads to self-love, which leads to self-worth, which leads to Mm self-acceptance, which leads to sort of this concept of self-actualization that I know who I am. I know how I show up. I know what I offer. I know what doesn't work for me. I can set boundaries. We may have to do a whole other show on mm-hmm. boundaries. We've done that before, but we may right. have to come back to it. Um, but it's just this whole idea like way leads on to way. Yes, and exactly. the more that we're able to do that and that we practice it in a daily sort of compa- capacity rather than just treating it as, oh, yeah, you know, well, that happened. Oh, well, I'll just move on to the next thing. Because what do you think happens if we don't get in touch with that stuff from relationship one and then we just enter into relationship two without dealing right with, with any it. of that. Yes. Comes right along. It does. It's almost like now you have all this baggage from the first situation that you're bringing into the second situation, and you now choose to unpack all of that in the second situation. Mm-hmm. And it may or may not be applicable to what you're currently going through. Now, I'm about to say this concept not through the lens of diagnostics, but more in a form of like a behavior explanation. I call that relationship PTSD. Now, Mm -hmm. again, not diagnosing people with PTSD. That's a whole ball of stuff, and we can totally devote some, some time to that in the future if we need to. The concept of PTSD, though, basically says that, okay, so you're you're in a situation right now. And you're reacting to it as though it's this old situation or it's a, it's mm. an old set of circumstances. And we do that a lot in relationships. You know, we're, we're having a conversation 
or an argument or a disagreement with our current partner and we find ourselves almost having like this this feeling of it trickling back from maybe what we've had experienced in the past and that's what I mean by relationship PTSD, that you're reacting to your current relationship mm-hmm. as though the wounds from the past are still very open and active, and that's what's leading you. Yeah, absolutely. Ghosts of the past relationship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that it's, it's, it can be damaging, you know, mm-hmm. not only to the individual experiencing it, but to the relationship you're in. And unfortunately, that pattern will continue to repeat itself until you're able to really do that reflection. Mm-hmm. And take a good, long, hard look in the mirror and go, so what What am I bringing up here? You know, what, what does this look like for me? So I guess that's a really big, long way to say that although I would love to think in a perfect world, we could all maintain great relationships with our past partners. I don't know that it's realistic in every single case, but I would say a good majority of them. It is a possibility. Mm. But I also think that you need to ask yourself if you're holding on to a past dynamic or a past relationship, the big key that I feel like is important is is one of the people that's trying to hold on, mm-hmm. holding out some hope, either consciously or subconsciously, that the relationship will go back to being a romantic one. Like if you're mm-hmm. truly done with this person and you're moving forward, are you still holding out hope that it's going to rekindle something or are you actually trying to just be legitimately friends? That's what I was going to say a little while ago. Why do you want to maintain that relationship? Yeah, right. Why? That's to a good question. Yeah. Feel better, or do you really feel that I need this friendship? This friendship mm-hmm. is beneficial in my life. Nah, it's probably just to make you feel better. Yeah. Hopefully, but it never does. Well, usually, I don't say never, but right. More often than not, in my opinion, it, it usually issues. doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that's why, like, you know, we talked about on a previous episode, like, how you and I kind of transitioned our relationship from kind of we mistook our connection for something romantic, and then ultimately we're like, but we've got this best friend thing going on, and we don't want to lose that. And I cannot imagine my life without you in it. Like, that would make me so sad. Your family now. Yes, exactly. That would make me so freaking sad to be like, yep, okay, I no longer have Randy in my life. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that reality. But I also... you know, we had to go through a time period of figuring mm. out, like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we holding on to, you know? And we mm-hmm. both had to kind of clear out whatever stuff was in the way. We figured it, it out, bit. though. We did figure it, it out. like, you know, everything's great, Randy, but you got that penis. You might could think about getting rid of it. <laughs> I mean, I do actually think we had a conversation once. I was like, you got the wrong parts, Mr. Cash. If we could, if we could figure out a way to alter that. Now... That's really funny. I did not expect that to come out of your mouth just now, but that is hilarious. Um, So, yeah. So I, I definitely encourage people, you know, even if you are in this sort of process of breaking up or splitting up, you know, it's never a wrong thing to have some con- some consultation with a coach or a therapist to sort of talk about, like, what am I really doing here? Because that's one of the benefits that therapy and coaching can offer is that that is a different kind of reflection to allow you to look and see, like, well, what is it that I'm, you know, what am I trying to achieve, right? Yeah, because I think a lot is in a situation like that. If you go to find some help with a therapist or counselor or whatever, a big part of a, if you can go there and just say the truth mm-hmm. out loud to another person, I think that has a lot of impact on it. You and you will admit, like we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. the truth of you know what's really going on in the relationship. And once you yep. ex- hopefully expose that to another person. It clicks in your brain and you mm-hmm. will hopefully understand 
the problems and find some ways to work through those and not bring them to the next relationship. Exactly. You know what else is a really interesting phenomenon that happens, and I'm kind of getting off track, but whatever. It's my podcast. I can talk about what I want to talk about. Um, There's an interesting phenomenon that will occur where sometimes people will call in to make a therapy or a coaching appointment, and then by the time they get to the first appointment, they sort of walk in and they go, you know, just in knowing that I was coming here, it kind of forced me to sort of get my thoughts together about what I wanted to talk about. And it's not that I have figured it all out, but it's almost like it starts the process of discovery just by making the appointment. It's a really Mm -hmm. interesting phenomenon that I didn't really expect, I guess, when I first went into this field. But now that I've seen it happen so many times, I'm like, so that just must be a thing, you know, where you start the process of self-discovery and giving yourself permission to ask for help sometimes does a lot to kind of aid that process. And you start moving down that path even before you show up for your first appointment. So it, it can be a really, you know, healing thing. And finding a therapist was the best thing I did for myself as an adult. And I, my personal opinion, if you get to be about age 30-ish and you haven't gone to see a therapist, mm-hmm. you probably should. Not that you, I'd say you have things wrong with you, but by yeah. that point in your life, you've probably lived through some things and mm-hmm. you're probably carrying some baggage and you might need yes. to get to the root of some problems. I would agree. I actually, I think I told you my theory before that if we could somehow like institute that everyone needs to go to like five to 10 therapy sessions a year, mm-hmm. the world itself would just be a much calmer, nicer place to live in. Because I think we all, like you said, have baggage that kind of builds up along the way, which, you know, interesting. So we talk about like the whole mindset thing, right? It's been a couple weeks ago since it ended, but I took a 30 day no complaining challenge. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't go 30 minutes without complaining. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing about that. I'm not suggesting that it's possible to be like fake happy all the time Mm. and to never actually let yourself travel down the road of complaining. But here's what I noticed about myself, because I think you would agree. I'm not a super complaining person. Like Mm -hmm. I don't spend my days just complaining and complaining and complaining. What I noticed, though, was that my brain has a tendency to go to a very negative place very quickly. And so what I ended up doing with the no complaining challenge is if I found myself starting to go down that mindset path of kind of a negative experience, I would halt my thoughts and I would kind of go, okay, is there a way that I can reset to either a neutral or a positive point of view, whatever it is I'm going through? And there were definitely some days that I felt like I was being tested. So like day one... I lost my keys in my office and was stranded Ooh. for like three hours. Yikes. And I'm, I'm like cracking up at myself. I went live on Facebook and I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm being tested because I'm not supposed to complain, but all I want to do right now is complain. So then I was able to sit with it a little bit. And but I was isn't like, that complaining? Well, I mean, <laughs> Sorry. yes, kind of, but it, it's, a, it's, it's at least awareness of right. the complaining, right? And it was a really interesting experience to have to sit with because then what I was able to do was go, you know, had I not been stranded for this time period, I might not have gotten some of this work done because I was actually pretty productive during that time. I got a lot of stuff printed out. I got some notes finished. I did some things that just needed to be done. And I found myself shifting into more of like a gratitude mindset. So for me, not complaining really turned into how do I shift my negative thought process into one of gratitude or positivity no matter how difficult the scenario or the situation might be. Mm -hmm. 
I actually ended up doing a like a daily check in on my Instagram stories, right. and it was a really interesting experience to have people kind of give feedback also because there's a lot of people that say exactly what you did. Like I could not even mm. do that for thirty minutes, and so. I guess my hope is that, you know, people would see that it's not about being fake happy. It really is about learning how to take control of your mindset so that it doesn't run off down a path without you. Because before you know it, you can get to a really sour kind of mind place. I mean, it just sort of gets to a real place. It's easy to do that because we're programmed to do that. I know. Through everything in society from TV, social media, movies and all that stuff. It's all pick one and I'll tell you what's negative about it. Right. So I just won't go there, but it's the, I say all the time, man, all that stuff's terrible for your cognition and Mm -hmm. it puts you into a place that it's more, that's your first place that you go is the negative because I do it too. I don't, I was just joking. Like I don't really complain a lot anymore and I try not to. Yeah, you do uh, pretty good with it. I do a lot of BS talk complaining, you know, (laughs) just making, you know, jokes just because I like to do that and it makes my day go well, but it's so easy to get sucked into that. Yeah. And you need to. That's why I don't go on. So I was talking with Tina and Libby from the other podcast earlier right. about that, about social media bullying and stuff. And I was like, dude, that is one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I stay off of that because it's a very negative. It can be. It can be a negative a very, tunnel. negative platform. Mm-hmm. And I told yeah. them about a few episodes ago when we scrolled through uh-huh. the my feed and it was like 19 or something mm-hmm. posts of negativity yeah. before we got to one that was positive. I hear you. So, yeah, the moral of what I'm trying to my story I'm trying to tell is. You don't want to be Darth Vader. You want to be Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) Absolutely. And for those of you that do not know Star Wars references, he's basically just saying, rather than going to the dark side, how do we stay on the light side? Or how do we reset ourselves? Because it's also possible to Mm. reset, you know? A couple days ago, I was just in a really anxious place. Like, I was just an anxious ball of mess all day long. And at some point in the evening, I realized that I was so tightly wound and high strung that nothing really good was coming from Mm -hmm. that like I was just very reactionary to everything so I took about five minutes I I did some deep breathing I tried to reset my mindset I just sort of disengaged from the world around me for Mm -hmm. a little bit put my phone down got my computer closed you know that kind of thing and it took about 30 minutes to really reset myself but once I did It was like a whole new world, you know, and I think that's part of that feeling of we're never as stuck as we think we are, but we will often feel so stuck that it it, it can be like Mm. suffocating. We can feel like we're just drowning in the stuckness. And I think that's part of where the no complaining challenge really struck a chord with people in the idea of how do we apply these types of things Mm -hmm. to our day-to-day lives. So I'm sure that we will be reinstituting the no complaining challenge at some point in the near future because it yeah. is, it's definitely <clears throat> something that is worth talking more about. So. Something y'all probably, I don't even, you probably know this about me, I think, but when I was in high school, I took Kung Fu, man. Yeah. And uh, we learned about meditation and Tai Chi mm-hmm. and you can absolutely reset yourself. You yes. ever hear the term like, all right, slow down, just breathe, just yeah. breathe. What that is, is you're slowing down, you're breathing, you're concentrating on your mm-hmm. breathing. You are actually resetting. I mean, absolutely. you can, if you get into that position, like you're all anxious, you can stop it. You literally just stop, slow down and breathe in mm-hmm. long in and out and think about your breathing yes. and you will, it will calm you down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, you can absolutely do it. And then I, 
found that that I'm so happy that I did that because it has helped me so much in my mm-hmm. life as an adult where I've had to stop like you're saying it's just breathe dude right like nothing is as bad as it seems in yes. the moment and even if it is as bad as it seems in the moment the way you respond to it is going to have a lot to do with the outcome mm-hmm. and we can really be overreactionary to the point yes. where we even create an outcome that we do not want without even realizing that we have some choice in the matter and that we do have some you know actually a lot of power yeah. over how we respond and react to things so it's hard to to not though because if you're anxious or you're fueled by your emotions at the moment, you'll do and say things you probably wouldn't if you were in a more calm state of mind, you know? Exactly. No, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. We have covered we some stuff. Time? We are. I mean, we yeah. just like, we start flying through it, man. You're watching the clock today. I can't see I am. it. I am. I can you see, see it. it from there? I can. Kind of, sort of. I have to close one eye, but yeah. yeah. Um. So, do what now? What'd you say? That was a bad joke. I oh. <laughs> So, Mr. Cash, how can people follow you if they want to, even though you don't always do a lot on the social medias? At R Cash Comedy on Instagram. Start there. Do everything from there. Yeah, it's easier. All right. All right. So, if people want to follow along with me, I do quite a bit more um, than Mr. Mr. Randy Cash does. Um, You can find me on Instagram, Walden underscore Lindsay. I do a lot of stuff in my stories on there to kind of, kind of day to day motivational things, as well as trying to sprinkle in some motivation in the posts themselves. You can find me on Facebook at Lindsay Walden Consulting or at Lindsay Walden Therapy. That one of those is my wall. One is my page. Follow me along on either of those. All of them. All of them. Um, on Pinterest, I am at Therapy Thoughts, and I do lots of motivational things on there as well. But you can really find all of this by going to my website, lindsaywalden.com, and everything is sort of there in one central place, and it links you to everything. So there you go. Everything. Everything. All right. Well, we will be back next week, which happens to be Halloween. So I'm sure we'll have a great conversation. And apparently a ghost just appeared. Just appeared. Um, relationship thank, ghost. A relationship ghost. Oh, my goodness. So thank you so much, everybody, for following along. I really do appreciate all of the great feedback. And we will be back next week with more.